Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week we're talking about a dad's perspective on C-sections. With Katie taking a bit of a break while she gets through the fourth trimester, I'll be having guests on the show and my first one is the most important man in my life, my husband Keith. Even if you're not planning on having a C-section, I recommend you listen to some of our C-section episodes because it's good to be prepared in the event you end up having an emergency C-section. That way you have some sort of idea of what happens during the delivery. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you shared us with your friends. You can tag us on Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. We would love to connect with you. With that, here's the episode. We've done the C-section thing not once, but twice. Yes. And both times were different because obviously the first time we had twins and then the second time we had Caroline plus I had my tubes removed. Yeah. So two times, a little bit different, but in a lot of ways they were still the same. Yeah. They felt the same to me because obviously I wasn't going through procedure of having, you know, anything removed (laughs) kids, kids or parts inside me. But um, for me, the, the feelings were very much the same as far as just the emotions I was going through with, you know, kids coming into our lives and obviously concern for you and, and our children. So let's go back a second. When I was pregnant, how did it feel for you knowing that we were going to have a C-section? Because with the boys they were kind of bunk bed style in my stomach. So baby A was not down. He was sideways and baby B was on top of him. Uh, So we didn't have a choice. We had to go with a C-section. And then with Caroline, we actually elected for a second C-section for a few different reasons, mostly because we were used to the C-section and I really liked the C-section because it allowed me to be a little more prepared healing went really well. Basically the twin C-section was amazing and Caroline's C-section ended up being amazing too, but that was the reason why we went with the second C-section. So how did it feel knowing that I was pregnant and we were going to have a C-section? Obviously I had a lot of questions. I think the great thing is we had an awesome doctor going into this. Um, You know, the questions we were able to go into our, our, our visits with the doctor before we had, before we actually had the operation and the babies itself, your regular checkups and just ask the questions about what the recovery would be like, 
what my role would be, how involved I'd have to be. All those things were quite important for me to ask. And he was, you know, really straightforward with how long you'd be off your feet and what the recovery time would be and sort of what I needed to do to help you out. And really the only thing that he kept repeating was that you wouldn't be able to lift anything. Um, so I kind of had that ingrained in my head and well, just made sure that I would be there, you know, took enough time off work that I could fill that role of, you know, doing all the heavy lifting literally for at least, at least two to three weeks uh, for you. And uh, just make sure that the, uh, the incisions that were made because the C-section just had time to, to heal properly. Um, and obviously when I went back to work, I still made, we still made sure that you had enough family support, um, that that would happen as well. So I think the nice thing about the C-section, unlike a normal pregnancy is that, like you said, it was nice to be prepared as opposed to everything just sort of coming down, um, and being a little bit more of a surprise. I think when you know a major surgery is coming, you think about things a little bit more and, I think that's what it did for us. It allowed us to, or me in particular, to just sort of, okay, what's my role going to be? What are you going to need out of me? Um, and then how can I do that? So then what was it like for you going into the operating room, knowing that I was about to have major surgery, but that we were going to have our babies? Like, what was your feeling? Well, I think maybe it's because, you know, my, my mom was a nurse and I had some background in um, at least being a lifeguard and being trained and around first aid kind of a lot of the time growing up. Um, I knew the quality of the doctors and the medical, uh, the, the, the medical uh, abilities of the hospital that we were at. And, you know, my job wasn't really to be worried about the operation itself. I, I trusted our doctor. My job was to make sure that your mind wasn't on what was going on. Um, and I think I, I tried quite hard in that operating room to, to, to hide some feelings of just being scared. Um, I didn't want you to feel any of that. I wanted to make sure that your mind was sort of, you know, off of what was going on. And I think I did a, a decent job of distracting you from what was going on in there, you know, rubbing your head, making little jokes. Um, just, just really kind of being together in that moment, um, and it, being aware of what was going on too, and not being so much scared, but just allowing, allowing myself to have enough time to en enjoy what was about to come, thinking about the good things in but, there. And but were you nervous at all? Because I know, like, when we were having the boys, and we went to drop Jagger off at my parents' house, like. I remember seeing my dad and saying, I'm going to tear up just talking about it and dropping the dog off and saying, you know, bye dad. But like being so scared that like something would happen to me and I wouldn't like, I would die and not see him again, which sounds crazy. But I, I know for me, like I'd never had surgery before. I was very nervous, even though I felt really prepared for it, but I was still nervous about the surgery and then nervous about what came after the surgery, like having the babies, bringing them home. Like, so for me, I, I felt really emotional. I was more terrified about being a dad than, than the surgery. I knew, you know, you had the right to be worried and 
I, I just felt like it was my job to just know what I could do to help you out. That's kind of the way I felt the whole way along. Um, you know, it sounds a bit weird, but I just didn't let myself get caught up in thinking about um, the bad stuff that could happen. You know, that's, it doesn't do any good to focus on that. That's just kind of, I guess, the way I am in life. So um, when, when Caroline was born and we were going to go through it again and we're at the hospital being prepped, did that, like, how did you feel then? Were you, because you, you were already a dad, so you didn't have to be nervous about becoming a dad. We didn't yeah. know who she was, although I think we both thought she was a boy. <laughs> Surprise! Like, how did you feel? Like, how was it different from the boys? Because the boys, you were becoming a dad. With Caroline being born, you were already a dad, but we had to go through the surgery again. I think the second time I was comfortable with everything else. Like, I knew, at that point, I knew how to be a dad. That was probably the scariest thing uh, the first time around. It's like, you know, how am I going to be any good at this? Um the second time, like you said, not knowing, I think it was the biggest thing that most of what was going through my head was, you know, what are we having? Um, you know, I'm almost more so than the first time is like waiting for the cry and waiting to actually find out what it was. There was a bigger anticipation, um, not so much toward would they be healthy like the first time because I knew what the sex was. Uh, the second time it was like, you know, what's it going to be? And uh, how's this going to change our life? Is it going to be a boy and we've got three boys or are we going to have, you know, this mixed family uh, with a daughter and thinking about all the things then that would uh, change how I, not change how I'd be a father, but just change, change me more than anything of how I interact with uh, one of my kids. If it was, if it was a daughter and all the, the other things that that brings, you know, to the table down the road, you know, about, about, being a father of a daughter. Um, so it just, I, I think I was focusing more on that and thinking more about the future. So the surgery itself and me going in for surgery didn't make you nervous or you weren't, you weren't scared at all. You just kind of blocked it out of your head that something could happen. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I mean, I couldn't be in there on some level. Yes. I was terrified. Like, I, especially the second time around, you know, now we could, now we'd have two, three kids and, you know, losing your partner would be terrifying. Uh, it would be a disaster. It'd be the worst thing that could happen. Um, and and I will I just, say that the risk of something bad happening, the doctor went over it with me. It was very, very slim. Like even them accidentally nicking something, like while doing the surgery, it was very slim. But when you have surgery even even when you give birth naturally there's risks right to the mom and to the baby so you know i think the more research we've done um you know and the more research i had done um it, the more it seemed that there's been more issues with people having natural births recently than um c-sections i mean c-sections is almost a regular surgery now it's it's what they do when you have issues um when you're giving birth and it's it's one of those things where it's um the doctor is able to control a lot more what happens to you where the tearing is because there's no tearing it's a surgical incision uh, which means it heals faster so all those things i knew that um it would just be a little bit more controlled 
And I think that eased my mind a bit more uh, as opposed to what can happen with a natural birth and cords getting wrapped around necks and tearing. And um, there's, there's some real things that a doctor needs to pivot. And when things don't go as, as planned, that's where things get scary. Well, uh, and they could still pivot with a C-section, but it's they just... They could still very much pivot, but it, in that case, it's generally more to do with, with you um, and your body and what's going on. If, like you said, if they nick something or if, um, you know, but we had, we had the type of doctor that had done so many C-sections, so many births, uh, and was highly recommending this, especially for our twins. Uh, it just sort of relaxed my. We didn't have a choice with the twins. <laughs> no, not the way they were. Well, we almost did. They almost they almost rotated. Um, yeah, at one point we did. Back. We did think that they were head down, and uh, well, actually, they were. He was kind of head down, and we thought that he was going to be in position. <laughs> and to be honest, that worried me more. Um, I didn't want you going into a natural birth with with twins, and you know, having one coming out and the others basically trapped in there. Well, and we had yeah, already we, decided that we were just going to do the C-section anyways. Yeah. We, we discussed yeah. going natural with the twins, but that was a very short discussion. We just decided that C-section made more sense between talking with, with our OB and my uncle's also a doctor. So we, we brought him into this, the discussion too and asked his advice. And just we just decided that it was... The best route to take because if there's going to be a problem, it will be with the second baby getting out. They try, they always try to flip baby B, but if they can't, then that's when you end up giving birth naturally to one and having a C-section for the other. And I actually do know a woman who had that happen, um, but for us, we just decided that uh, we just wanted to know that they were out one two, and uh, the boys were three minutes apart and healthy when they were born. So. Yeah, it just made sense for us. Well, I think the proof was in the, you know, the pudding, so to speak, after. I mean, I really needed to be there for you for two weeks to really help you lift everything. But, you know, we were pretty methodical about you getting your pain meds on the, to the minute of when you were allowed to take it. And when we did that, you're, you're absolutely fine. Like there was no, you're never in what I would call serious pain. Um, you know, there's certain things I, I even, I think we talked about before on the podcast. Um, I even showered you at the hospital just to make sure that you weren't bending. Um, you, you did all the boys diapers for yeah. the first few weeks and Caroline's diapers. Basically I didn't well, do diapers for the, their first six weeks that they were born because someone else always did them. Either you or when our family was helping, it was the family doing it. Well, that was just us planning ahead and, you know, you weren't supposed to lift them. So how are you supposed to change a diaper? Well, so. because we didn't want me bending over to change a diaper, yeah. which is the way our, our diaper system was set up. So it worked out. So when the boys were born and they were checking, they checked them over in the operating room and then they had to go up to the nursery because they're twins and twins are always considered preemies because they share everything in utero. So you had to leave me in surgery and go with the boys while I was being sewn up and taken care of. And so you didn't see me for a while because I had to get sewn up and then I had to go into recovery and let the freezing wear off. So how did that make you feel leaving me, uh, but getting to spend time on your own with the boys? 
uh, it was it was absolutely wonderful to be honest because I got the I got to be the one that got the skin to skin contact with them. Uh, I got to give them their first feedings. Um, it was, which might have happened slightly later. I mean, <laughs> anybody that's been through uh, that date of becoming a father, everything's a bit of a blur, but you just remember the emotions of what's happening and that time to sort of just sit there, breathe <laughs> um, with, you know, one of my sons on my chest at the time was, uh, was quite special. It was something that I just got to take a minute and think about what had happened and what this meant for, you know, the rest of my life. Um, and it wasn't all, it wasn't all smooth sailing. I mean, Porter had, uh, he breathed in some fluid. So it's, it's one of those things that he needed a little bit of extra attention. And it was something that I was closely monitoring, not that I could do much, but it's, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I've, I didn't get to spend as much time with, with him at first. And I felt like at least soon after that, uh, the nice thing about having two kids is when, when you were back in the, uh, the hospital room, I gave you, <laughs> I gave you Cooper cause I hadn't had time really to spend with Porter yet. So, um, then I think the nice thing about having twins is that we could each hold one, but at the start, it was a nice way of taking my mind off of you not that I, you know, needed to have you off my mind, but um, as opposed to focusing on, you know, you getting sewn up and all the things that went along with that, I could focus on our our sons. And well, I was actually I was actually gone for quite a while because you were. They were, they were born at four forty one and four forty four, and. It was after seven when they finally got me up stairs and like it was it was a decent amount of time before I was ready to go up to my room. Yeah, it was a couple hours because I mean by the time by the time the you know they cleaned the boys up and then we actually got upstairs. Um you know, that, that was probably in forty five minutes or an hour. So I was a good two hours with them by myself before I was told you were back in the room or in the room. Well, that's nice that you were able to have that, that time. And it's funny because like, I know, like I held them in the operating room, but I didn't actually really get to hold them until I was back up in that room. So you actually did have like the first few hours you had the babies all to yourself, which that has to be pretty special. Whereas like with Caroline, when she was born, because there was only one baby, they put us into the recovery room across the hall because I wasn't in the big operating theater this time. I was in the normal surgical room that's uh, in the maternity ward. And so we just went across the hall and, re and into recovery so that they could watch me as the uh, medication wore off. And uh, the whole time we had Caroline with us. So uh, we were doing skin to skin, the two of us in the room. And I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Because I was like, oh, with the boys, I had that nice like two hour nap <laughs> with her. I had like no nap. I was so tired. But um, no, but that, I mean, that's important. I mean, even, you know, to all the dads out there, like my role with the first pregnancy with the boys was, you know, I'd always have one of them to take care of. 
like even with the feeding, I mean, they try to show us how to feed two babies at once, but that's just positioning them too. Um, especially if they've had a C-section, I mean, the dad is going to have an active role. So like, don't sit back. I think that's the biggest thing. Like whether it's one baby or two, you're either taking care of mommy or you're taking care of baby. Like, um, I always found there was something for me to do. That's probably what took my mind off of the surgery and, you know, the, the, the weight of becoming a dad. It was just focusing on what I could do to, to do the best thing I could do to help the situation, either you or, or our kids. Even if the wife has a vaginal birth, like still get in there, help her out. She's still recovering, right? So like, yeah, yeah, C-section's major surgery. So you're kind of like prepared for the recovery. But even with a vaginal birth, like the dad still is part of the team. Like you two are a team. If it's one baby, two babies, five babies, hopefully not five babies. So (laughs) five babies would be a lot. Then you need extra help. But, um, but if you have whatever you have, like you are still part of the team, even if it's one baby, like you need to get through this together. You need both need to bond with the baby. So yes, the dad, dad plays a very important role. And I think sometimes it gets a little bit overlooked, you know, sit down and kind of think about what you want your role to be before the baby arrives, whether it's a C-section or a vaginal birth. Like I highly recommend that because it is very good for the dad to be very hands-on because it helps the mom out and it helps the baby out and it makes you a nice little tight-knit family. So very, very important. Yeah, I think it helps the dad out. To be honest, if I'm just, if I was just sitting around there not knowing what I could do as opposed to, maybe having thought about this ahead of time because maybe maybe more so that we had to and just asking those questions of our doctor before I got into the situation and really thinking about, okay, this is going to be my role. This is what I need to do. So when it happened, um, you know, I, I wasn't sitting there looking for things to do. I, I knew I had to help out. So, you know, um, I knew you weren't going to be able to move as much. So how could I help you, you know, get you something to eat, drink, um, you know, help you get to the showers, the washroom, all those things were important. And obviously working with the nursing staff there as well to make sure I was doing the right thing, not thinking I knew everything, but, you know, still asking the questions of how I could help. And then same thing with baby, whether or not it's one or two, um, figuring out how I could sort of fulfill that role. You know, we, we were using some formula in there. So, you know, cleaning the bottles, going to get, more either ginger ale for you or formula for the baby. You know, there's always something. Not only did it make me feel useful, but it made me feel, you know, I'm a dad, let's go. Um, It, uh, you know, allowed you to sort of jump in that position with both feet as opposed to being timid and, you know, what's my role here? Uh, Which can be daunting. Like if, if mommy's doing everything with the baby, if there's no formula, if breastfeeding is going well, you know, what do you do? Well, you know, if mommy's got baby, take care of mommy. You know, there's always and, something for you to do. And you did that very well when we got home too, right? Because when you, when we came home from the hospital, you were very attentive both times. So with the twins and with Caroline, how did it feel knowing that when I came home from the hospital, that I was going to need to recover and you were going to need to really help out with me and the babies 
I cherished it. Like I really, I really did. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, at the time I had a project that wasn't even in the province. I had to fly home early when you thought you were feeling like you could go any day and you're getting worried that I might not be there. So I left the project. It was almost a full week early, a job that I was running and came home, didn't hesitate. I already had sort of the framework in, in place so that the project could continue on well without me. I had, ever, had everybody so well prepared. It was, it was uh, you know, idiot proof more or less. But I wanted to make sure I'd be home for that time and not have to worry about anything else. So, uh, again, it was the planning to make sure, you know, work was taken care of, whatever else it's taken care of. Um, I could focus on you. So when, you know, when I got home, I knew that's what I would be doing. And good thing I did, because I mean, the one thing I, I don't think I was, and I don't think you can ever be completely prepared for is waking up every three hours to do feedings and what that does to your body. Yeah. Waking up every three hours is tough. Yeah. So it, it, we, we figured out pretty quick. I mean, if you couldn't feed both babies at once, both our boys, so we had to each take one and that meant, you know, we, we both had to be up for the feedings. So if you're, if you're waking up every three hours, you got, if it takes you 45 minutes to feed the kids, you know, that's, that's one that takes you 45 minutes to feed um, and you do it together, then you know, you're just barely got enough time to get back to sleep before you got to wake up and do it again. So that's having a positive attitude, having it planned that you, you know, you know where the bottles are, you're ready to go, and that you can do it most efficiently as you can so that you can get some sleep and keep some sanity. I think that's important. And, you know, if you've got one kid and you're able to trade off, um, I think that's great, you know, Maybe you pull a few shifts in a row and you can switch off with your partner. But we didn't have that. The first time around, we were up every three hours together and we did it together. And that's something that, like I said, I, I cherish that, the ability to take those two weeks off, uh, three weeks off technically, and just be there for you and help you recover and be there for the kids because it, it was tough when I had to go back to work and pass that responsibility off to family. I came home my season was over a couple a month and a half later. Like it's not like I was gone for that long. And then I was home the whole winter, but having to leave and go back and sort of pass off that responsibility to somebody else, even though there was family um, was tough. You know, it was something that you feel like you got to be, be there, but other responsibilities weigh in. So having a plan, having family there and having a schedule and knowing that you always had somebody helping out, um, that was really important to me to be able to go, okay, I'm like everything else we've done with this. We've, we figured out how, you know, I figured out how I could take care of you and the kids, give you the support you need. It's funny because I remember you going back to work and you saying you didn't realize how tired you were until you got that first night's sleep without having to like, without having to wake up for feedings waking up every three hours, like going back to work was a borderline vacation. Um, you know, getting a full night's sleep was, yeah, I did not realize how exhausted I was till I, till I went back to work. And it, it was it almost felt like jet lag. 
it didn't hit me till a day or two later. And I was just, I was like a walking zombie for a little bit till I could catch up on sleep. So that always made me laugh when I look, think back and remember how you were like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe how tired I was because it's funny because I look back on like those memories of us feeding the babies in the middle of the night in the dark. <laughs> and I, I look back on that fondly too. And, and it's like little things like Porter not wanting to eat. You know, I specifically took him because it was a little tougher because your stitches, you had to be stationary and sit. So, you know, we figured out those things of how to make it work so that we could get back to sleep. <laughs> Sleep was always a priority for us. So all this stuff helped us out a lot. So do you have any more tips for dads when it comes to helping out their wives uh, with the C-section? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is ask questions ahead of time. Prepare yourself. Know what your role is going to be. And really just have a plan for how you're current life is going to adapt to ensure that you're there for your spouse. Um, you know, everybody's, we all have jobs, we all have other priorities in life, but that all changes when you become a dad. And, uh, you know, how are you going to modify the way you're doing things now for not just two or three weeks, but how are you going to modify what you're doing so that you can, you can be there and, and fill the role that you want to fill. No, you know, babies don't, these, all our kids, they don't come with instructions and you get one shot at this. Nobody's going to tell you how much, how big of a role to play. And I think the biggest bit of advice is take on as much as you can because it's, it's worth more than anything else you're doing right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.